At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. In New York City, in the, in the Hudson Bay, there's a lady out there with a torch in one hand and a scroll in the other. And the scroll in her hand is the Constitution. And at the base of her, <clears throat> how many have been to Lady Liberty and you've seen it? You've been up in it or around it or, where, or, or at least taken a boat around it. <clears throat> it's, I don't know. Where it all came from and who gave it to us and how it was all established and all of that isn't as impressive as the fact that it's just there. At the bottom of her base is a chain that's unlinked. And this was in mind after the Civil War, because it came to us after the Civil War, Lady Liberty did, that what our Constitution says that all men are created equal was declared and that chain broken had to do with slavery. But how many know that words are cheap? You can pin whatever you want to. You can say whatever you want to. You can promise whatever you want to. But action only means it. And there's not anything that's happened in this nation, nothing that's happened from the beginning of time that didn't require a fight. We can look back and see things that have happened in days past in this nation and say, well, you know, you know, those words in the Declaration really don't mean anything because of what happened here. No, 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 they meant a whole lot. Because they were established with men of conviction And even though they didn't follow through on everything, and it took years to see things totally manifest, things are still manifesting, and we've got to fight for it today. We have to fight for it today. In 1776, the Declaration of Independence was established. There were five authors of the Declaration, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, Roger Sherman, and Robert Livingston. Those five men and then 56 signatures today are on our Constitution. If you go to the Library of Congress, if you've not been there, if you've not been to see that on display, you need to go. It's very, very, very impressive. Um, But these men did what they did to create freedom for your and my life. And today, where I stand, 45 years into my walk with God and my salvation, I realize my freedom came from Him. And what I've noticed in my reading and my studying of the people that were part of the Declaration of Independence and and, and establishing it and signing it, that many of them, not all of them, but many of them, believed what I believe 
about the saving grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And much of what they did established for you and I a nation and a country that believes God. And we're still that country. No matter what it looks like, we're still that country. No matter what other people say and opinions that people have, people have the right to have opinions. Everybody say amen to that. You can have whatever opinion you want. I've learned that your opinion really don't mean a whole lot. Not when it comes up against the Word of God. It really doesn't mean a whole lot, but you can't keep people from having opinions. That's part of our Constitution. Part of, part of the amendments to our Constitution. Part of the Bill of Rights connected to our Constitution. But this part of our Constitution today I wanted to read to you. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men were created equal. Where do we know that from? We know that from the Word of God. Amen? All men were created equal. God is no respecter of person. I don't care who you are, your background, your culture, your color, your skin. I don't care what it is. God is no respecter of person. He created us all. We're all created in the image of God. Can you say amen? People need to be taught this. People need to understand this. God is the answer to everything. But our founding fathers said, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And like I said earlier, from day one, Everything, everything has come to us with a fight. The Bible tells us to fight the good fight of faith. Amen? In this nation, we've fought many wars. And you're in my position and our desire to fight for this nation says we will not forget all those who literally fought on battlefields for the freedom that we have today. If that doesn't make sense to you, if you don't understand that, you need to study it. You need to study why certain wars happened and why we fought. And you, you need to look at different people's perspective on where we would be or could be today as a nation had we not fought for the liberties. I mean, if you've never walked through Arlington National Cemetery, I, I mean, I, I, can't even, I can't even mention its name without weeping. My wife and I walked through there for about five hours. And it just, it, just, it just hit me, you know. I mean, so many of these people that had been buried there that died in war. You think they wanted to go to war? You think they wanted to leave their families and their towns and, and their futures and go to war? 
You know, they, those men and women sacrificed for the freedoms of us today. I was paying out at a store the other day, and somebody asked, are, are you military? And I said, I'm not, but I appreciate him. I was never drafted. I was in between drafts. Uh, I, I, didn't, I never enrolled. I was in school and had purpose, I thought, for what I was doing and didn't, never went into the military. But I appreciate the military. And I feel like that spiritually I've fought as a person of military placement and to understand it. But we can never forget the sacrifices that have been made as a result to keep this nation according to what our Constitution says. Are you a constitutionalist? Am I one? Like I said earlier, not like the guy that was shoving it in my face or in the camera's face. Not, not like that. But I believe in our Constitution because I believe in God. And I will stand for this nation and everything that it stands for to the end. But the reason I stand for this nation is because I stand for the kingdom of God. I, I am not an American first. I'm a child of God first. Amen? And then I'm grateful and so grateful to God that He allowed me to be born in this nation and I'm a, I'm, I'm a very proud American. Can you say amen to that? And we can't forget these things. If we don't talk about it in the church, then your mind's going to be confused and, and pulled away by information that's out there. The church has to lead the way. Can you say amen? In John 8 and verse 31, today we're talking about freedom. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be, how can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, then you're free indeed. If the son has made you free, then you're free indeed. We have to spend a moment to look at the context of what is said here and what Jesus is actually saying to them. You'll never understand this if you don't understand that He is the living Word. In that last verse that I read, If the Son makes you free, then you shall be free indeed. It's it's kind of amazing. Jesus never said anything except what Father told Him to say. But 
you know they were confused by what he just said. And he said it on purpose. You know why I know? Because that used to confuse me forever and ever too. For the longest time, that confused me. But today I understand what he's talking about, and I understand it in the light of what we're talking about, about being free, and to live in freedom in this great country. This country needs you to know you're free. This country, the hope of this nation, is not a new president, a new this, a new that. The hope of the nation is the church. Colossians 1 and verse 26 and 7. Go read it. Christ revealed in you the hope of glory. The hope to the nations. The hope of the nations is Jesus revealed inside of us. How? By the living word. Go back to verse 31. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, I'm going to replace that with this. If you abide in the Son, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth that the Son is revealing, and the truth that you know that's been revealed to you by the Son will make you free. That's what he's saying. That's why Gates of the City is a church totally focused around the Word. Understanding from the Word who I am, because when I know who, when I know who I am and whose I am, that I can make a difference. If I don't know who I am, I know Him, and I know who He is, but I don't know who I am in Him, then I'm really no good for him in the earth. Not, not, not that you're not any good. I'm just saying, then we're not in a place where we're led by the Spirit. See, what God needs in, in America is people that know how to hear his voice and do exactly what he said to do. If Jesus didn't even do what he thought was right, remember when Jesus was in the garden? And he said, he said, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. But not my will be done, but your will be done. So in that moment, the will of Jesus and the will of the Father were different. But he did what Father said. Who in the heck are we to think we can do whatever we think? If the Son makes you free, if the living Word revealed to you makes you free, then you're free indeed. And nobody can steal that. No matter what. No matter what things look like or where things appear to be going or not going or whatever in the natural realm, when you're free, you're free. They can put you in prison in an unjust way and you're still free because you're free internally. No bars will hold you. 
It didn't hold the Apostle Paul. It didn't hold the Apostle Peter. It didn't hold the Apostle James. The bars didn't hold any of them. They were free wherever they were. Some of the greatest letters that we have from the Apostle Paul, he wrote in some of the most dingy, worst prison cells that a human being could ever experience. The bars didn't hold him because he was free. The Son, if the revealed Word of God liberates you and sets you free, then bless God, you are free no matter what. That way, listen, when you're free in Him and you stay free in Him, then you don't take up causes of other people that God didn't tell you to take up. You don't know how important that is. You don't know how much wasted time people spend doing things out of their emotion, and because somebody else is doing it, because someone else is offended, people do things that waste their time. we got to know who we are, we got to know whose we are, and we've got to know how to flow with Him. Can you say amen? Notice this, I'm just kind of throwing this in here because I just saw it like this. It, it just came to me. I thought, does it say that in that scripture? And I went and looked, and it sure did, at least in my translation. Genesis 2 and verse 15. Here's just three verses of scripture just kind of pulled out of the whole everything that, that was ta- talked about in the beginning. This is, this is the Father in the beginning, and notice what he said. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden, to tend and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may, what? (laughs) I was studying this and I thought, I thought about that verse, and I thought, did it really say that? We started out in freedom. But our freedom in the beginning, even before the law, had boundaries. Of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day that you eat it, you shall surely die. People that are not made free by the Word of God, the liberating Word of God, can see that last part of that as a bad thing, a mean God, keeping something from us. Not keeping something from you, it's keeping you from dying. But notice, it was just one tree in the middle of the whole garden, and they were free to eat everything And I mean, I got to believe there were some apple pie trees. I know there was. There had to be. Maybe a key limer. Huh? It's all yours. You can eat all of it and you won't gain any weight. It's all yours. Just don't eat of this one tree. And dang, if they did. 
Don't tell them where we'd be right now. See, you were already planned before, the, before this happened. You were already planned, so you'd have happened anyway, one way or the other. Right? See, we are, you already planned. So if God planned you, then you, were, you already were, and you would be, even had they not chosen to mess with the tree. But they did. But that tree had to do with boundaries. And when you look at the word freedom in its definition, just in kind of in its boiled down definition form, freedom means to be free without Gosh, the word. Oh, without corrupt limitations. That's what freedom is. It's to be free with good boundaries, but not corrupt boundaries. And how do you know your boundaries? Because you become free from the Son, the living Word, revealed in your life. When you become free, who the Son sets free, they're free. And you know what? When you're really free, then you're able to handle the sometimes corrective boundaries that are only there for your good. Has there ever been anything that God did and said it would be this way that wasn't for your good? Not anything. How many are looking forward to football season starting? Yeah! I love college football. I'm not too, I'm not too thrilled with the pros anymore. They're too political. <laughs> I just like the college guys. <clears throat> They're out there not playing for a dime and, man, playing with all their heart, you know. Anyway. So, so on a football team, I'm just picking a football team. All the players, when it becomes first game of the season, they've worked out all the kinks. They know what their perimeters are, but they're free to play in every way that they know they can play in their position and not be held back. I mean, go all out with it. But they know their boundaries. I mean, they know the boundary of the sideline. They, they can't, like, leap over the benches on the side and, you know, run around and think they're going to get to the end zone in a different way and go up in the stands. Or I mean, they're not going to do that because they know their boundaries. So they can play with all their heart and the fans in the, in the stadium the same way. You pay the price of the ticket. You show up at the stadium. You know, there may be signs, uh, no fighting, no this, no that. You're going to be thrown out. You get drunk and act like an idiot. They're going to throw you out. Why? Because they don't want you disrupting the game. But otherwise, hmm, you can act like I do when I'm at a football game or a basketball game or whatever. You know? Yell and holler. Yell at the ref. Let him know I'm in the stands. You know? <clears throat> I mean, when I was coaching my girls' basketball games, when they were little, you know, I mean, if I was not coaching and I was in the stands, you know, I was coaching from the stands. 
you know? And, and, and nobody said I couldn't. That wasn't necessarily what the coach, and finally one coach had to tell me, look, if you're going to coach, come down here. You know, otherwise just shut up. And I saw, so I had to sh- shut up and do what needed to be done because it was confusing the kids, especially my daughter. So you learn your boundaries and they're for the good of, of the advancement of whatever it is that you're involved in. And I'm telling you today, we've got to know everything that he's done for us. He freely gave us authority in the garden. We gave it up, but Jesus brought it back. Woo! He brought it back. Can you say amen? So, I'm going to spend the rest of my time in the next few minutes in this passage of Scripture found in Luke chapter 4. This is right after Jesus was baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Ghost, was tempted for 40 days by the enemy out in the wilderness, passed the different challenges that the enemy gave him coming out of there. And in verse 16, in Luke 4 it says, So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And this is what he said over himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has, what? Anointed me. To do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty. When you look at the word liberty, the first word, the first synonym in the word freedom is liberty. The first synonym in the word liberty is freedom. To proclaim liberty and freedom to the captives recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty and freedom those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. Remember, this was his custom. He had been doing this probably since he was about 10 years old. We know for for a fact from the time he was 12 years old, but probably earlier. He had been doing this. They had been hearing him read. They knew how eloquent that he was. They knew there was something different about him. They knew it. The people did. But today, ooh, doggies. He said, and he closed the book, and he gave it to the attendant, and he sat down, and all eyes, and and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, if you didn't understand what I just said, then I'm going to tell it to you again. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I am the Messiah. I am the one bringing freedom. I am the one that is anointed to bring freedom to humanity. And in Ephesians 1, this is before the cross. And in Ephesians 1, it says what? Ephesians 1 says... 
that what was that the father gave him and all of that happened right here was the father's will and Jesus gave it to the church which is you and I which is his body today on the earth and so when we go back to this and we read what he wrote from the book of Isaiah he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Remember, he just came from the baptism in the Jordan, he just came from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He just came from the anointing working out in the wilderness after 40 days. And the enemy was shut up and shut down. Three questions and three marvelous answers from the Word of God. All of his training, all the years that he spent, 30 years preparing for three years of ministry. Don't tell me the Word isn't important. If Jesus had to know what He knew by the Word of God, it had to be revealed to Him the same way it's revealed to us, then who the heck do you think we are? You and I can't have opinions, or you can, but we can't be effective if we have opinions that go contrary to what God's Word says is true. We have to change our opinions. We got to believe what we believe in. I believe in this nation, and you will not change me. But I believe in this nation today, which is secondary in my belief system, because I believe the Word of God, and you'll never change that. You'll never change that. Oh, Pastor, that's real prideful. Well, you, you know, if I backed off from it, if I started listening to other people and other ideas and other thought processes, and I started drifting away from that and drifting to the right or to the left in my thinking, yeah, I could be deceived and talked out of it. Anybody could. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that will never happen to me. Why? Because I've crossed a line where I believe, and why would I want to go back to bondage when I'm living in freedom and liberty today? Can you say amen to that? Woo! Why would anybody want to go back when you're living in the freedom today. And all I can say is, it's getting better and brighter. The, the Bible says it's getting brighter and brighter as the full day comes. And you know when the full day is? When you stand face to face before Him. And that's coming. But God wants it getting brighter here. He wants it getting brighter here. Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to do what? To preach the gospel. To the poor. Not just the poor in the financial realm, but the poor in every way. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. If you're poor, and all you hear is stuff about being more poor, there's no freedom in that. Right? There's freedom in hearing you don't have to be poor anymore. Can you say amen to that? I mean, is that right or is that, am I right or am I right? 
to proclaim liberty and freedom to people that are captive in every way. Mentally, especially mentally, physically, emotionally, in every way, captive, captive in, your, in, in the financial way or, or ways of thinking. That's what he was anointed to do. That's what he gave to you and I. So we've got to believe this. We've got to be people that are becoming free. Remember, he said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. He's already liberated us. But whether that's manifested day to day in you and I determines whether you and I are allowing the Word to reveal that to us daily, on a daily basis. That's why your daily confessions, your daily routine are so important. I was telling somebody that a while back. Somebody that's not around here, somebody that's really not uh, they're born again, but they're, they, don't they're not, they don't do what we do with the Word, what, what, what we teach here with the Word. And I was just telling them that, that that's what I believe in. They just adamantly, as strong as I said it, and I wasn't saying it arrogantly, I'm just telling them what we do. Or I, I, know, I was telling them what I did. And they just matter-of-factly said, well, I, I just don't do that. I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe you have to do that. To walk with God, I don't believe you have to go through this regimen and this thing and make yourself do all these kind of things. And I said, okay. Okay, well, I do. And when I started doing this, and I told this person this, when I started doing this with the Word, it was a little uncomfortable. It was kind of monotonous at times. But what happened over time was I believed that what I was saying was real, and I believed that what I said was going to come to pass. Literally, was going to happen and come to pass. And today, and today, you can't talk me out of it. I've got too much fruit. I can't be talked out of. The other doesn't work. And my way does. I'm talking about His way that I found for myself. I found from the Word of God that I teach you about daily routines and developing that with the Word of God so that I can receive the anointing and help people in all these cases be free. That's the hope of America. It's not, it's not another government program that's going to get people dependent on the government. That, that's, that's not victory. Did you hear what I said? It's never been victory. This nation has always been a nation of the people for the people, not a nation about government. And that's what we've got to believe and we've got to stand for, and we've got to understand that we'll never be effective if we, we're not operating from the revealed knowledge and the understanding of God's Word in how we keep and help establish that and enforce that in this nation. can't be the nation first. It has to be God first. First and foremost. And your relationship with God first and foremost. Because otherwise, you'll hate the people. Along the way... You're trying to establish something because this is the way you believe because that's what so-and-so believes and that's what this group believes. And so because of that, along the way, you're going to have this attitude and this hatred toward other people that don't believe like you. That's not the nature of God. It's never worked that way and it'll never work that way. But the reason that there's a lot of that out there is because of the lack of relationship with God to know how to navigate the thing. I didn't say stick your head in the sand and don't do anything. 
I'm saying we've got to be, we've got to be strategic about how we're helping this nation. And it's got to come from the anointing. Amen? That's what he anointed us to do. And when he said today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, it was fulfilled. Galatians 5 and verse 13, and I'll end with this. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. You've been called to freedom. Everybody say, I'm called to be free. (laughs) That's a great calling. Well, you know, Pastor, I just just haven't heard the calling. Heard what calling? Yeah, it's just about what I'm supposed to do in life. Right there. You're called to be free. Hmm? Another place in there says you're called to be a minister of reconciliation. Everybody's called to the ministry. What's reconciliation? To bring people back to God. We've got to do it with what I'm talking about right here. We've got to do it with a relationship with God and operating in the anointing of God because the anointing is what makes the difference. The anointing puts the super on your natural to cause you to be supernatural people. You and I to be supernatural, not just natural people. Because when you operate in the natural and you're operating from your opinion, boring. Dudsville. No goodsville. Been there, done it, got the t-shirt, and burned it. I don't want any of that. I don't want to just live from my opinion. I want whatever opinions I have to be soaked in the revelation of God's Word. You know, Having an opinion of God doesn't mean you're just some weak little person and you just let everybody talk ugly to you and and trample down on you and whatever. No, the Bible says the meek inherit the earth, but the meek are not the weak. The meek are those who have embraced and submitted themselves under the mighty hand of God. Everybody say under. See, nobody likes the thought of being under. And you don't need to be under any kind of anything of anybody, any human being on planet earth. If you're under and under some kind of bondage like that, it's ungodly. But man, when you're under that authority in the name of Jesus, when you're under, you're submitted under his place of authority, then he says he'll exalt you in the proper time. That's where we rise to heights and abilities that are beyond our natural ability to accomplish things. The one really frustrating issue with that is, is that, Mm, it always takes longer. Mm, mm, mm. Come on, God. Hurry the thing up. It always takes longer. If you could accomplish it in a year, it may take two to five for God. You know why? Because he's still working out junk in you. Now, it may not. If you get right and you, you deal with things that are just going to hinder you down the road, remember those boundaries that will help you? They'll always be in place. And you got to realize, if you've not received what you're wanting from God today, there's some reasons why. Just keep digging into Him. And all of a sudden, one day, boom, all of a sudden, there it is. And it seemed like it just happened overnight, and it took five years instead of one year that you think you could have done it. But in your one year, you'd have screwed it up so bad it would take another 15 to get out. <laughs> yeah! Amen? Come on, everybody smile. I mean, I, you know, we're trying to, we're, we're getting in. So, 
What are we called to? Freedom. Called to be free. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Dang, God always has to come. He created me to be free. Yeah, but not for your flesh. But be free to love people. Man, when you can love anybody, you're free. Free. Nobody will ever take advantage of you ever again. Ever in the rest of your life. Ever. I said ever. And that's what he created us to be free to love. And to operate in his anointing and his truth. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.